I'm honored by two things. One, that you would have any desire to have me come and be your pastor. Thank you for that. I'm honored. Earlier this year, I, I, I had some things take place in my life spiritually. That I'll just say this. The Lord made me very grateful to be able to do anything for Him. Anything at all. And I'm absolutely honored to serve Him. I'm not sure that I should be serving Him, but I'm thankful He allows me to. I don't mean because I'm disqualified or anything of that nature. I just, how does He use any of us? But I'm glad He, I'm glad he does. So I'm honored. I'm honored to be your pastor. And I mean that. I'm thankful that you'd allow me to be. And I, I look forward to getting to know all of you. And, you know, I, I, won't, I won't be Tony Wood. I, I like him. <laughs> you know, I, I, have, I have not had enough time with him to develop what I would call a close friendship. But I think we're getting there. And I really like him. You had a good pastor. And I see that. I see that all through the pews. I see the foundation that was laid. We know that, that no foundation can be laid than, than, than Jesus Christ. And I understand that. But, but every man buildeth thereupon. We, we, we see how, how God has done that from generation to generation in all the churches that he has established. And, and I see the work that was done here through Brother Tony and Miss Tricia. I'm still getting used to that first name thing, all right? And y'all call me whatever you want. If you want to call me, you know, Pastor Josh, Brother Josh, Brother Lovins, Pastor Lovins, whatever you want to call me, it's fine with me. They're, they're, they're all kind of true, I suppose. So, And, and you've had a wonderful interim pastor. Uh, Brother Matt Stallman was, was a godsend, is a godsend. And I said this last time I was here, but you, you couldn't have asked for a better man. And, and, and I'm glad that you've done some things to take care of them uh, and to honor them. They, they deserve it. Good people. Miss Kathy's a good lady. Uh, when, I've, when I've spoken with her and gotten to know her a little bit, uh, I see that she walks with the Lord. You can see it in her countenance. You can hear it in her speech. Brother Matt walks with the Lord. He knows his Bible, and he's a good man. I'm glad that he and I have become acquainted, and we're trying to work on a friendship. I, I would say he's my friend. I'll, you'll have to ask him how that goes the other way around, all right? So <laughs> it might take a little longer. Now, see this giant clock up here. Is that a hint? That thing is huge. Okay. All right. Clock's ticking. The clock's ticking. And so I'm thankful for the, for the men that have stood here, not just, not just those two, but other men as well. Brother Mike Redman, I've, I've, I've had the, the distinct privilege of getting to know him. He's been so kind to me. I think he texted me every Monday since the day that we uh, were voted in to, to let me know how things were going at the church and gossip a little bit. No, he didn't do that. Uh, <laughs> he didn't do that at all. And I insulted him greatly a couple weeks ago, and I was so embarrassed about it. So, you know, some of you... Maybe you don't do Facebook and all that, and that's fine. You know, I didn't do it for years. I started two years ago, and I wish I hadn't. But, um, but, but we, um, you know, you, you see things every now and then that are posted, and, and Miss Kay had posted something, and 
I, I just misunderstood it. It was a black and white picture. I misunderstood what was said and how it was said. And I was, I was talking to, to Brother Redmond on the phone uh, a few days later, and I said, I saw a picture of you online. And he said, oh, you did? I said, yeah, it was an old black and white, too. And, and I don't know, I don't know, you know, moving and, and transitioning churches and, and all the things that were going on, my mind has been a mess. And so I'd like to blame it on that, but it probably wasn't that. You know, it was probably just my brain. And so, and so I, I said, yeah, that was a, I saw a picture of you, and we talked for a few minutes, and then uh, I got home, did some more things. We were packing and doing all kinds of stuff. I had work to do on the house to get it ready to sell and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, I was busy uh, there for a little while. And then I sat down later on in the, in the afternoon or evening, and, and, and I looked at that picture again, and he and I had communicated again. And he said, oh, he said, that wasn't me. That was my father-in-law. Now, he said, now, it's not an insult that, that you would call me my father-in-law because he was a good man, but I made him about 20 or 30 years older than he really is, and I felt so bad about that. I could not crawl out of that hole. I had already dug it. There was no way of coming back from it, and so I'm glad that he even shook my hand this morning, and so you had him as a pastor, and I know, I know I've heard of some of the other men, and I'll get to know them through you, maybe, a little bit more over the years. Of course, Brother Rice was somebody that everybody looks up to and, and, and appreciated his ministry. I don't, know, I don't know what the Lord has planned for us as a church. Before I go any further, um, I saw them sitting down here, and I wanted to say as well, uh, I, I'm, I'm honored to have with me a couple of guests from, from the church that we just left. Uh, Brother Larry and Miss Peggy Jacobson, uh, and uh, when, when, they, when they heard me announce that uh, we were going to be coming here about six weeks ago, uh, you know, I don't know that I, I would have necessarily suggested that they drive all the way down here for my first Sunday here, but they came to me and asked if they could come, and, and uh, you know what, I'm honored that they did, and uh, they, they love us, and, and we love them so much, and I'm um, going to miss them. I hope that's okay. I'm not trying to make it awkward. But we loved our people, and, and, and they loved us. I'd be glad for that to happen. <laughs> and, and we will love each other. Uh, the Lord will help us to, to grow in our love for one another, and I look forward to that. I really do. I can't be Tony Wood. I can't be Matt Stallman. I can just be, I can be who God made me to be. If I try to be Brother Matt, I, I'll fail miserably. I can't be him. If I try to be Brother, Brother Wood, I, I can't do it. I'll fail miserably. He is who he is. Brother Stallman is who he is. And if you expect me to be those guys, you'll be greatly disappointed because I can't be. And if I expect myself to be those guys, I'll be greatly disappointed because I, I definitely can't be. Uh, but if you'll let me be myself, I promise you this, I'll love you and I'll do my best to teach to you and preach to you. I'll do my best to feed you the Word of God. I'll, I'll do my best to, to help you with your families, your marriages. I'll, I'll do my best to help you with your finances. I'll, I'll do my best to help you in any way I can. And so I'm looking forward to the time we have together. All that being said, let me get to the message. Colossians chapter 1, would you please, this morning, Colossians chapter 1 in your Bibles. I think that took me about 10 minutes or so if you were timing me. Brother, Brother Cates, how long was that? Okay, all right, all right. With all that being said, I want to lay a foundation this morning. I, a couple of weeks ago, I, I was asked uh, if we were going to have a vision Sunday. Now, maybe I'm confused about this, but, but uh, I, I, I thought it sounded like something you all do every year, 
but do you have a Vision Sunday every year? You do? Okay, good. Wonderful. All right, wonderful. Uh, and so I wasn't confused about it. So I was asked if we're going to have a Vision Sunday, and this was my answer. I said, well, look, um, I, I don't know the church, the ministry, the area, the people well enough to give you a full vision yet. So I, I'm going to forgo that for right now. But after I thought about it for a few days, I thought, you know what? He, here's something, here's something we, we do need. God laid a theme on my heart for the church that, that I want to lay as a foundation for how I want to proceed as a ministry or as a pastor and how we should proceed as a ministry. And boy, God wouldn't let it, wouldn't let it go. And I thought, well, maybe I, I told Brother, Brother Chris, he wanted to know when we'd be uh, revealing the theme for the year. And, uh, and I told him, I said, well, you know what, I think, I think maybe it might be a couple weeks after I get there, but we'll see how, how it goes. Uh, and, and this week, I, just, I could not get away from the thought that he laid on my heart that became the theme that I wanted to present to you. As I asked him what he would have me to preach, I could not get away from this message. And so I called Brother Chris on Friday and said, okay, I sent you that banner for the screens, and I know it's only a couple days prior, but can we have it ready? Uh, because I think this is what the Lord would have me to do. I know it's a little bit unorthodox for a pastor on his first Sunday to come in and do something like this, but I, I, I honestly think it's what God wanted me to do. And I think you'll see why here in just a minute. And so... Uh, we won't do it quite yet, Brother Caleb, but uh, just in just a second. Colossians chapter 1, let's all stand to our feet in honor of the Word of God if we could this morning as we read it. Colossians chapter number 1 and verse number 16. The Bible says, For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him, and for him. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning. The firstborn from the dead. I'm getting goosebumps reading it. That in all things he might have the what? The preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself, by Him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. I'm going to preach to you this morning this subject, by Him, for Him in Him, by Him, for Him, in Him. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that You would please guide and direct throughout the message. Fill me with Your Holy Spirit power. Help me to say only the things that You would have me to say. Lord, limit my words when there's something You wouldn't have me to say. Give me liberty to say those things in boldness that I should say. I pray, Lord, that You would please take control. Holy Spirit, pour Yourself out upon this place. We pray this as we ask it in Jesus' name, and amen. You can be seated. Brother Caleb, we're ready. I want for this year for us to make a very specific goal as a ministry. I want the theme of the church to be very simply by Him, for Him, and in Him. Because a lot of 
Amazing and wonderful things have happened in this ministry over the years. And it goes well beyond the last 18, 19 years. This church was established, somebody help me, when? 1956. And over the years, a lot of great works have been done. And you've had a lot of good preachers. You've had a, a lot of good memories. You've seen powerful things. You've heard convicting things. You've probably seen God do some miracles. God has changed some of your lives in such a way that it's a miracle, just like He has mine. And over the years, credit can be given to the men who led the ministry. But the truth is that all of it, every last ounce of it, through God's men has been done by Him. And if anything is going to continue forward for Calvary Baptist Church, if there's going to be any great work done from this day forward, if there's going to be any great work done in 2022, and if the Lord tarries His coming, 2023 and 24 and 25, if any great work is going to be done, first and foremost, it must be done by Him, for Him, and in Him. And I don't know if I'm going to get to all three of those points this morning or if we will take a few weeks or a couple services. I don't know how it's going to go. I'm going to preach it to the best of my ability and I'll try not to keep you too long. Amen, Brother Cates. I don't know if I'll get to the first point or if we'll get to the last today. But there's no greater foundation that I could lay than to say, if anything is going to be done, it has to be done by the power of God. It has to be done by His blessing. It has to be done by His hand. Whatever will be done must be done by the power of God. And in order for that to happen, the church, which is you, the people, have to be established specifically in that goal, in that direction, in that concept that we need Him more than we need anything. Yes, we need preachers. Yes, we need Sunday school teachers. Yes, we need bus workers. Yes, we need good laymen. Yes, we need people to plow the parking lot when the ice hits. Yes, we need people to spread the salt, to man the Sunday school classes, to clean the floors. But everything that will be done in God's name must be done in His power and by His blessing. And so that means for God to be able to use Calvary Baptist Church in the future, that God's people need to spend more time this year than any time before seeking the face and blessing of God. The power of God on this ministry. Listen, when Jesus talked about the house of the Lord, He said, my house shall be a house of prayers. Everybody okay? And I'm asking you to do something. I'm asking you to decide that this year you're going to water this place, this ministry, and the work that needs to be done in more prayer than you have ever prayed for this church before. Because it has to be done by Him. I'm asking you to get up tomorrow morning and ask God to bless this place with His power. I'm asking you to get up on Tuesday morning and ask God to use you in His ministry. I'm asking you to get up on Wednesday morning and pray again. And on Thursday morning, pray again. Friday morning, beg God for His blessing because this thing will only go if it's by Him. If it's by His blessing and by His power. I don't know why, as I said before, that he would allow me to stand up and preach. 
He knows who I am. He knows what I am, just like He does all of you. And as one of my favorite preachers over the years used to say all the time, he said the only thing that any of us truly deserve is for the ground to split wide open and all of us to fall into hell. But God in His grace and love makes us more than we can make out of ourselves. And glory be to God for it. I want to be a better preacher, a better pastor, a better husband, a better father. And if any of that is going to happen, it's not going to be through self-help books. It's not going to be through counseling sessions with some psychologist or psychiatrist. If you have one, I'm not saying you're wrong necessarily. But I'm saying if we're going to improve in a spiritual way, it has to be by Him and by His power. This may be a simple truth, but I'm asking you to take it seriously. I'm asking you to pray more for your church this year than you ever have before. I'm asking for you to pray for more souls to be saved this year than you ever have before. Now, I'm not going to ask you to show hands right now, but I want to ask you a question. Have you prayed for your church? If you haven't any struggles in your marriage, have you prayed and asked God for His help? If your home's going to be anything, it has to be by Him. If your marriage is going to be anything, it has to be by Him. You know, we don't just need, we don't just need people that stand up and pray for God to help, help the church. You know what, really, what would really help our homes? If, if, if daddies were so concerned with their family that they were watering their family in prayer. Begging God for help with their kids. Because if anything's going to happen in your kids' lives, it's going to be by Him. It's going to be by His power and His strength. If anything's going to happen in your marriage, it's going to be by Him. I don't mean to bore you, y'all, but listen, listen. I must decrease and He must increase. If I stand up here and tell you, here's my vision for the church, I'll tell you what I think we ought to do. You know what? That, that'll flop before next Sunday rolls around. So the best thing I can do is tell you that my greatest goal is to point you to Him. It's the only way you'll be healthy spiritually. It's the only way your family will be any good. It's the only way your marriage will be any good. It's the only way this church will be any good. If I can point you to the the Heavenly Father and to your precious Savior, and if I can try to get you to have a relationship with God and do everything by Him, we'll all be a lot better for it. So I'm not here this morning to say, hey, Uh, Y'all listen to me because I've got some real dreams and plans for this church. You know what? We'll let the Lord bring that as it comes, and I'll do my best to give some fresh vision and and some help along the way. But this much I know, we better start here. Let all things done by Him. I think I'll proceed to the next point. Secondly, let's do all things for Him. Now listen, listen. Unfortunately, if we're not careful... The Christian life becomes a performance for others more than it is a performance for the Lord. I'm not talking about putting on a show for the Lord. He knows your heart already. He knows who you are in private. You're not faking Him out by dressing up and going to church and acting different. He knows who you are anyway. He knows who I am. But I'm saying when you get up on Monday morning, not only beg Him for His power and His blessing, 
But I'm saying when you get up tomorrow morning and Tuesday morning, listen, decide I'm going to live my day today for Him. Yield yourself to His Spirit, walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh, and decide I'm going to live every day to please God so that He's happy with the direction I'm taking, with the decisions I'm making, with the things that I'm saying, with the places that I'm going, with the things that I'm watching. Hello! We'd turn a lot of our television shows off if we were more conscious of God watching. And He is. You don't get away from Him. He knows everything you're posting. He knows everything you're looking at. He knows everything you're saying. I tell you what, do yourself a favor. Wake up tomorrow morning and say, I'm going to die to my flesh and I'm going to do, I'm going to do all things for Him. Amen. I'm going to stop living for me and I'm going to live for God. You know, one of the greatest challenges I've had for a, as a pastor is when people get saved and they come to the Lord and boy, they get sweetly saved and you see sometimes the tears roll down their cheeks and, and they, they begin that fresh new life in Christ and they don't even know what it looks like yet. All they know is that they're on their way to heaven. And one of the greatest challenges that I've had as a pastor is, is getting people to make that commitment to become more than just saved. But instead, to now commit your life and dedicate your life to the Lord. To become a disciple of His. That's where the rubber really meets the road. Because it's really, really easy to sit in a church pew and say amen and put on the church clothes and carry a Bible and sing the hymns. We can do that and go through the motions like robots. But it has to be a daily situation in your life where you say, I am going to dedicate my life to Him today and I'm going to live for Him and I'm going to do my best to please Him. I'm going to do my best to honor Him. If we were doing our best to please the Lord, we'd shut off a lot of things. If we were doing our best to please the Lord, we'd stop going to a lot of places. If we were doing our best to please the Lord, if we knew that He was watching everything that we were doing and we truly believed that, a lot of times Christians would get a lot more cleaned up. But we don't always acknowledge His presence in our lives. I think of some of the stories that I heard of some of the old preachers that I grew up under. My, my dad, when he got saved, was a hippie boy. Hair down on his shoulders. Uh, he had bangs that came over his eyes. And he, they, they called him sheepdog. He'd flip his hair like that, he said. He'd flip his, his hair like that, and he had, he had hair down over his eyes like a sheepdog does. And he'd flip his hair like that to the side, and his bangs would kind of would you know, flop over, and then he could see again. He was proud of his hair. He said, I wasn't, on, I wasn't on any sports teams. I wasn't good enough for that. He said, but I was on the smoking team in high school. And when God saved him, he didn't even know what the Christian life looked like yet. He didn't know what he was supposed to do yet. But he went forward to get baptized and an old preacher, Don Camp was his name, Dr. Don Camp was the preacher of that church there. And Dr. Camp said, now, son, I, I want to baptize you. but I, Now, this is just, I don't know if I'd do this. Did I tell this story last time I was here? I don't know if I would do this, but Dr. Camp said, now, son, if I'm going to baptize you, you've got to go get your hair cut and look like a man. It'd be good for some young men to remember that today. Doth not even nature itself teach you it is a shame for a man to have long hair? That's interesting. That fell really flat, didn't it? 
Maybe it's just because there's not enough hair here, here to worry about, right? Amen? <laughs> not even worried about it. <laughs> really, Elisha's got it figured out. He said, I, I can't, I'm not going to baptize you like that. You need to go get your hair cut. My dad said, well, if you can show me from the Bible that, that it's wrong for me to have long hair, I'll cut it. They took him to the side, showed him that passage of Scripture. He said, all right, I'll get it cut. He didn't even know that preacher yet. He just knew God had saved him and he wanted to please him. If God's willing to save me from my sin, why do I need to go wallowing back into it? So he cut his hair. <laughs> I, 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 I grew up in my dad's ministry. I've only really had two pastors in my entire life. My, my dad, my whole life, and then for a few short years, uh, Dr. Keith Gomez in Bible college. And Dr. Gomez would say, when he first got saved, he was, a, he, was a, he was a swamp kid. Well, a swamp man, really. He wasn't a kid at that point of his life, but... Long hair, long beard, scruffy guy. And he said when he first got saved, you know, they were, the Holy Spirit was starting to work on him about all those things. But he said one thing he couldn't kick, he couldn't kick his smoking. And he said he'd keep his, he'd come to church, all dressed up for church and everything, but he'd keep his cigarettes in his front pocket. And he said, man, I was making all kinds of decisions for God. God was working in my life, but I couldn't kick that smoking habit. And he said, I'd come forward and kneel at the altar while God was working on my heart about other things, and he said a couple times my cigarettes fell out on the altar. He said when they did, my preacher walked over and grabbed those cigarettes and stood up on the platform and said, well, praise God, everybody, he's giving up his smoking today. <laughs> he said he knew I wasn't giving up my smoking. He was just trying to get me to do it. But you know what? God changes us into a new person and He can do more work in a Christian's life when we want to do everything for Him. To please Him. He saved my soul from hell. He's worth my life. He's worth everything I can give Him. He's worth my time. He's worth my finances. He's worth me trying to live righteous and holy. He's worth it, my friend. Not a single one of us deserved what He gave us, but boy... He sure gave it abundantly. Let's do all things this year by Him. Let's do all things for Him. And let's, lastly, let's do all things in Him. Now, what does that mean? Well, the Bible tells us in John chapter number 15 that He is the vine and we are the branches. And that if we would dwell in Him and keep His commandments and show our love towards Him by doing so, that we can bring forth fruit. And we need to dwell in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ like we never have before. Are you listening? Get closer to God this year than you were in 2021. Spend more time with Him in your Bible. Set a goal for yourself. I'm going to know Him better. I'm going to dwell in Him more. I'm going to read more of that book. I'm going to spend more time in prayer. Listen, some of you, I don't know. I don't know enough of your faces to know if this is your first time here or you've been here every Sunday for the last however many years of your life. I don't know you, but I want to say this. If this is your first time here in a long time, then make a decision. I'm going to start going to church again and I'm going to start walking in Him again. I'm going to dwell with Him. I'm going to let Him speak to me. I'm going to spend time with Him. Listen, let's do everything 
everything we can this year in His presence. For the Lord rewards those who diligently seek Him. You spend time with God, you won't go wrong. Now here's, here's, here's the pickle you get in though. The more time you spend with God, the more He cleans you up. And we don't always like getting cleaned up if that means we've got to get rid of things. You can't spend time in His Word genuinely seeking His instruction, His help, His direction without Him convicting you every now and then. Amen? And taking a, a look into that perfect law of liberty, that mirror, that looking glass that James talks about, and seeing the reflection of the manner of the man that you really are. You know what this book does? It's a mirror for the Christian. And here's what you do. You, you start reading it, and the Holy Spirit of God says, Hmm, you see that part right there? Not doing that very well, are you? We all know what those things are. For me, it's my attitude when I'm driving. That's one of them. My poor wife and family, y'all, I'm confessing my sin right now. I, I shouldn't tell you this. A couple years ago, we were, we, we were headed to church on a Sunday morning. And, you know, Sunday morning, preacher's supposed to be in the spirit, you know, ready to preach, you know. But can, can, I, can, can we just help each other with something here? If, if, it's, if it's a four-lane road, you know, two going this way, two going that way, if it's a four-lane road, if you're going slower than everybody else, could you just pull to the right? The left lane is for those of us who want to get somewhere. And I was complaining on the way to church, you know, people are driving next to each other, content to just drive the same speed. What is wrong with people? Man, you can't go anywhere. They're both going 10 miles under the speed limit. Man. You know, they're out the, literally for their Sunday drive, you know. I should be, but I'm ready to get to church. Get out of my way. <laughs> Such a great spirit. I mean, I was getting frustrated. You know, I'm trying to get to church. People driving slow. You know, drive slow somewhere else. And I'm, I'm making my comments and muttering under my brethren. I guess I probably don't do much under my breath. I just come out and say it usually. What in the world is he thinking? You know, drive that thing. Where are you going? You know, I mean, not good. It's not good, y'all. I'm just telling you, it's not good. And my wife, my wife says, "Honey, I've been trying not to say anything, but our trip to church isn't very pleasant anymore, <laughs> and it doesn't help my spirit. I want to be able to go to church with a good spirit." And I got under conviction. The Lord used the Holy Spirit, also known as my wife, to convict me of my sin. We're not always who we need to be. And the more we walk with Him, the more He convicts us about our junk that we hang on to. But I tell you something I want to do, and I want to challenge you to do it. Spend more time dwelling in Him this year. Get closer to Him. Know Him like you've never known Him before. Let's do all things this year by His power, begging Him for it. By His blessing, begging Him for it. Let's do all things for Him. And let's do everything we can to dwell in Him. You see, because by Him all things consist, and for Him all things are made, including the church. 
And in him doth all the fullness of the Godhead dwell. And in him we should dwell. If God spoke to your heart this morning about anything at all, I encourage you to spend time with him today and get right. If God comforted your heart, uplifted your heart, whatever it may be, I beg you, please, start this new chapter of your church in my pastoral ministry with you, dear people, by him, for him, and in him. Would you please? Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I beg you, please, that you would take